We started a series called Redeeming Time. And we talked about how the Bible tells us, you know, to redeem time because the days are evil. And we talked about how is it that the days are evil. And we said, you know, it's, it's because bad things happen. You know, they, they just, attacks from the enemy come, stuff happens. We said we're not victims, we're victorious. So we also know what to do when things happen and how to take our authority in Christ. And then we talked about how to redeem today and how to redeem tomorrow and how to uh, be good stewards of the time we have. And we talked about two different types of time. We talked about chronos, which is the linear time that doesn't stop. And we talked about kairos, which is the God moments when favor and opportunity align up. And, um, and we said this. This is the important thing. And you can go back and listen to it on YouTube or the podcast or Facebook, wherever. But we said that the better stewards of our chronos, which is our linear time, Right, the time that is tick tock, tick tock, tick. Okay, that time. The better stewards of that time we are, the more Kairos moments we will have. In other words, uh, the more we prepare by managing our time well, the more divine favor opportunities we will have during our day. And so we also said that we redeem time by turning it from the mundane thing that is just burning up into eternal moments and that's how we build our life and those are the kinds of things that actually will get us rewards when we're in heaven right because there's nothing we can do to earn salvation we were saved by faith through grace right and and there's nothing we can do for that we just believe but there will be rewards in heaven and those depends on how we spent our life our time here on earth And if we spent that time building uh, uh, eternal things, then we'll have more rewards when we're in heaven. But if we spent most of the time on things that are not going to be eternal, that are going to burn up, that are going to stay here, then we're not going to have anything to show for in eternity. Are you with me? Anyways, so you have to go and listen to that whole, if you're like, wait, what, what, what? You have to go listen to that message because otherwise I'd be preaching two messages today. But... So the better stewards of chronos we are, the better stewards of our time we have, the more kairos moments, the more godly times of favor and opportunity and quick advancement we're going to have, right? And I I just want you to have this in mind. When you put God first, you know, many times people say, like, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to read my Bible. I just don't have time to spend time with God. I don't have time to go to church. And they might be right. They might not have time. But the better steward you are and the more you prioritize God first, okay, God will cause Kairos moments of fast and quick advancement of things that it would have taken you years to do. It will happen in a moment. No, you're not very excited about that. Okay. In other words, there's people that spend decades, you know, building something for them here on earth. And then there's people that just seek God their whole life, and then in an instant, they get a lifetime of retirement finances that, you know, they could have spent their whole life working, but instead they were, they were seeking the kingdom of God. I'm not saying go in full-time ministry, okay? Don't misunderstand me. That's not what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, yeah, I know, I know a very close testimony of someone who sought God for their, their whole life. You just served the Lord. And somebody would have thought, man, you're not building anything for yourself. Well, you know, later on when they retired, they got an inheritance, and they got plenty and more than enough that they would have gotten in their retirement if they had worked their whole life in, in a job worrying about, I don't have enough time to serve God. You see what I'm saying? God can do in a moment 
what you could try and spend your whole lifetime doing. That's why it doesn't make sense for us uh, when we try to reason it logically like, okay, you know, but if I do this, then I'm going to miss out on this. And that's why God is saying, well, but if you seek me, then I will add on to you. And so when you manage and you steward your time correctly and you prioritize the kingdom of God first, which the kingdom of God is him, the word, and people, right? And when you prioritize those things, then God's saying, I'm going to bring you Kairos moments. You're going to be so ready to receive these times of divine favor and opportunity that are going to meet together. And in an instant, in a moment, you're going to have what people have worked for decades. I mean, the very example is, is this building, right? This facility that we got here is, is incredible because oh, I have to tell this story. So eight years ago, we, we started renting uh, in a retail uh, front right here in a strip mall on Greenfield University. And so we started renting there. And what any church would do that is renting is they would start a building fund. But the Lord told us specific instructions and said, no, no, no. He said, I want you to start the orphanage fund. You take care of the orphans and the widows. I'll take care of your next building. I was like, ooh, you know. It took a little bit for everybody to, you know, get on sync with that one. It was like, ah, that doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah, you're right, it doesn't make any sense. So we started doing that, uh, you know, and most people would think, well, you know, you're wasting time that you could be saving for a building fund. Yeah, I thought that too, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but that's what the Lord said. So we seek his kingdom, we seek his heart, we seek his instructions, we put him first. All right, so we did that. And, you know, fast forward in the pandemic, the Lord said, you know, when there's three people in right here in the auditorium, he said, like, now start your building fund. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> well, do we want it to be successful or not? You know, <laughs> and so we did. We started building fund, you know, and and um, long story short, uh, March of this year. OK, so just a few months ago. Uh, we get a phone call, you know, about this building and telling us it's available for sale. And guess what? Now we have in the building fund, we have enough for a down payment. And the way everything worked out was so miraculous that we didn't even have to go to the banks to, to do uh, financing or anything for the rest. We got incredible favor from the owners. They, uh, gave, they carried the loan. They gave us lower interest rates than buying a residential home right now. Uh, all, everything that we asked for, they gave us. There was no struggle. There was no power negotiating. There was none of that. And it happened in an instant. That was a Kairos moment. Because we did and we follow what the Lord said without worrying that it didn't make sense or that it wasn't like what everybody else was doing. Everybody else was preparing for their building fund, you know, for years and, and years. And it's still really hard to get. And, and for us, it was... We, we just did what he said, and then a moment, a Kairos moment came, and divine opportunity and divine favor met, and here we are. Amen. You see? And if God does it for us as a family, he'll do it for you. Amen. Okay. So, the better stewards of Kronos, the better stewards of our time we are, the more God times Kairos we will have. Okay, so what I want you to know today is this. There's a couple important things. As you see, there is a train behind me, okay? And um, I'll tell you what it's about in a moment, okay? How <laughs> do you guys like the train? I like the train. You know, I, feel, I feel like I'm in children's church. And, and it's like, you know, the Bible says you got to be like, like a child to enter in the kingdom of heaven. So 
So I'm bringing children's shirts to you today. Thank you to my amazing daughters who, who built this train. Um, okay, so here, here's what we're going to learn. Today, the, you're going to receive a revelation, okay? And the purpose of a revelation is to be materialized, not to impress you, okay? I know we all love to receive a new revelation, and we go, oh, that's amazing, and you talk about it, and this is great. But the purpose of a revelation is to be materialized, okay? Not to impress you and make you feel good for 10 minutes or for a whole Sunday, but to be materialized. And Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substance, meaning it materializes things that are invisible, things that are spiritual, things that we cannot see. So faith will materialize what you can see, what you can hope for, what you can imagine. Faith will materialize the revelation that you receive. So if that revelation isn't materialized at some point, doesn't show up, doesn't make a difference in your life, then it's just a wasted chronos. Are you with me? Okay. And so today we're going to learn just part of this. You know, as I told you, um, you can, you can uh, buy uh, Troy Brewer's book. You know, it's, it's incredibly deep and wonderful. Um, I've been learning so much from him. Uh, it's called uh, Redeeming Your Timeline. Okay, But what I'm going to do is in the next few weeks, we're going to download this so that you can materialize it in your life. It's, it's one of those things that when you learn, you're like, we all need to be doing this. We all need to do this because this will change our lives forever. And um, And one of the things that I want you to get today is this. The curse from past sin, hurts, and struggles and trauma no longer has to stink today. Okay, The curse from the past doesn't have to sting today anymore. And you're going to say, well, that just sounds like inner healing. Yeah, kind of, but inner healing has so much to do with time that we don't even know about. And when you realize that there's things in your life today that have shaped and formed you in a good or in a bad way because of things in the past, and you realize that the ones that have formed you in a bad way and the ones that are still stinging today and the ones that are regrets, and you're like, oh, man, every time I think about that, I really regret that. That was, And and anybody has regrets in their past? Okay, right? And when you have that, you, um, you realize, wait a minute, what I did back then no longer has to have a sting today. And I know that all the time we say that, you know, by the blood of Jesus, our future is no longer determined by our past, right? Because most people's lives today and most people's futures are determined and dictated by their past. But when you come to Jesus and you're, you're born again and you become a new creation, then the Bible says that all things are made new. And... A lot of times we think in very two-dimensional ways, in two-dimensional terms, and we think like, okay, yes, I'm a new creation today, and now today I'm empowered to create a new future. And that is true, but the part that we miss is that because of the blood of Jesus today, because of the blood of Jesus in my life today, also my past and the things that have 
had a curse and a sting that leading up to today, those things can also be changed so that today I have no scars from that. I'm trying really hard to not confuse us. And so I'm also trying really hard to not confuse me. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, you know, if, uh, pardon me if I'm a little uh, slow in, in, in what I'm saying today. I just want to say it the best way possible. So the curse from the past no longer has to sting today. Um, and a lot of that we call redemption, right? Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, so we used to be under the law of sin and death. But when we came to Christ, now we're under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Okay, so in other words, we are not playing by the same rules that we were before. We're, we're, we're under a whole new covenant. And this covenant has more stipulations and drawers and things and surprises than you, than you will ever know. God is amazing. Sometimes we think like, okay, we finally got it. I, I, I know the whole plan of salvation, and I know everything that happened at the cross, and I'm receiving all of it. Well, we're still wrong. There's still so much more that we don't know. So I want you to think for a moment of, of one instance in your past that still brings you regret today. Okay, And, and this is not uh, for just, oh, let's just forget about it. Let's just change your mind about it. No, no, no. This is, this is because God wants to redeem that past in a way that it has zero power over your life today. As a matter of fact, I would dare to say that when God redeems your past, things in the present are, are changed, and sometimes even physically. When we understand time better, Scripture will even take on a whole new dimension and depth. Amen. Hey, I rather I rather have that. You're so quiet. I'm like, I'm like, Lord, have mercy. In Ephesians two eight says that we're saved by faith, by grace, right? And so it is our faith that connected us to salvation. And then make it a save today. Right? Or whenever you accepted Jesus that day. And, um, and here's the thing. That you and I cannot travel in time. Right? I know I was alluding to that a few weeks ago. And I was like, ooh, what if we could time travel? But no, we can't. You and I cannot time travel. Okay? So if you're watching online and you were scared about what I was going to say today, you can come back to church. Okay? <laughs> We cannot time travel, but Jesus can. Okay? Jesus can time travel. He is outside of time. In the beginning, time, God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. Space, time, matter are in perfect continuum. Okay? God created them all. It's all God's creation. God doesn't live in time. He lives outside of time. And so for the purpose of this series, this train is going to represent time, okay? And so you are in the present, and let's say that you're right here. This is the present, okay? 
and, um, and this is the past, and that's the future, okay? And you're here, and you can't get out of this train. You know, physically, you, you can't, you know, because you don't travel in time, okay? And then this one over back here, this is going to be the cross and what happened uh, at the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? I was telling the young adults a few weeks ago, um, when they're running like a promotion at, you know, um, like at a store or something like that, you know, a lot of times you have to be there in order for you to receive the prize, right? When, when there's uh, raffles, right? One of the stipulations is you have to be there to receive the prize. If you're not present, you don't get it, right? And so... Uh, the interesting thing, you know, is, is for some of you, you're probably thinking, man, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to believe, like, what, what do you mean Jesus can time travel? Well, he's outside of time. He created time for his purposes and for the purpose of redemption. So, so he, can, he can see the whole thing from up here. He can see the cross. He can see creation. He can see the, your past, your data, your, uh, when you were born. He can see your future. Now, we're not going to get into predestination and all that stuff, okay? You're like, oh, so if you can see my future, then is it all done? Should I even try to do anything? Then don't, don't go there, okay? Don't go there. That's not what we're talking about today. But God is outside of time. He can see the past, the present, and the future all at once. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He created time for the purpose, you know, like what is time for? Time is so that everything doesn't happen at once. Simply put, you know, so he established time. And there's different kinds of time. There's past time, there's present time, there's future time, there's redeemed time, there's unredeemed time. And so, as a matter of fact, I'll give you something really cool that I learned. Um, and, and, and when you go back and read it, you'll realize it's, it's amazing. But uh, if you ever thought, where did Moses get the, the first five books from well he got him while he was up in the mountain and uh you know when he asked God to show him his glory well I don't know what Moses was thinking but God was like okay I'll show you my glory and so he showed him creation he showed him his back back in time and that's when he saw what he wrote on in Genesis and so God can show us different parts of, of time, right? He can, he can show us the past. He can show us the future, you know. There's where the prophetic gifting comes in. We, you know, God will show you something that's going to happen. It's one of the things of the prophetic, okay? But, but when, you're, when you're, you're here, right, you, you just like on, on this little train, right? And you're going forward. That's not stopping. And you're trying to be the best manager of the present, Okay? You don't want to, you can't even live in the past. You, you don't want to be looking at the past. You know, as a matter of fact, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but this just, just came up. The, you're, you're, when you're saved, you cannot legally look at your past unless you look at it through the blood of Jesus. Because you were bought by the blood of Jesus. You were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, it's illegal for you to look at your past unless you're looking at it through the lens of the blood of Jesus. Okay, and so, so you're here, and it, you know you only look at your past to see where gratefulness and worship comes from because of all that He's done for you, right? And He's so good, and He's always been with you, and you look at it. But 
But Jesus can go back in, in time. He can go back. He can see the whole thing, you know. He can stop time. Oh, pastor, come on. What are we going to, what, what? Well, he did. It's in the Bible. Uh, if, you, if you haven't read your Old Testament, you, you need to read your Old Testament, you know. He stopped time. Uh, there's scientific studies today that have kind of like reversed the clock and gone back and realized, oh, wow, there was a day there that was like, off, longer. And I know that we like to think, no, 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 okay, even God has boxes. Nope. He created it for his purposes. And so, in your present, okay, let's say that today is the day you get saved. Um, and, and this will simplify uh, believing this revelation for you today, okay? Uh, because you have done this before. And it's that the day you got saved, you believed that somehow, you're crazy, because you believe that somehow you could participate in something that happened two years ago in a different continent, in a different city, in a different place, and as the work of the cross. How in the world, uh, what makes you think? Do you have papers? Do you have documents? Do you have a receipt? Like, what makes you think, I'm not trying to get you to question your salvation, but, but maybe a little bit, because sometimes we don't understand the complexity and the depth of it, and, and the more we do, that actually will raise your level of faith. Because when you got saved, you had enough faith to believe that you could connect with something that happened two years ago and receive the full benefit of something that happened 2,000 years ago today. That's crazy. You're like, boy, I don't know that I had that much faith. Don't worry, you have the faith of Jesus. But you see how crazy that is? And what connected you to that work? What connected you to the work of the cross? It was faith. It was faith. That's it. Your faith is so powerful that it materialized in your life today something that happened 2,000 years ago. You weren't there. You don't know anybody that was there. You have no video of it. But yet, your faith in the Word of God told you that you could partake in that. And not only that, it doesn't stop there. You went and grabbed something from the past by faith. And you think that that now determines your eternity. <laughs> if you're doubting your salvation right now, we are going to have an altar call at the end again. Okay? But do you see how crazy that is? You think that... You could reach into the past, receive it in the present, and it would affect not just tomorrow, but the whole eternity of your life. That's big faith, if you ask me. So what we're going to be talking about in this series is really small potatoes compared to that. Because if there's thing in my, things in my life today that are just stinging because I have regrets, because I did things in my past that today I'm still suffering the consequences, 
wouldn't it be easier to believe that Jesus could go back in time, just a few years back, not 2,000, just a few years back into your life, and do something about it so that today you're no longer feeling the curse and the consequences and the pain and, and the scars of, hey, this just happened. There's nothing I could do about it. <laughs> It's, it's okay that only a few of you clap because the rest of you are honest. You still don't get it, okay? It's all right. But it's all right. You'll get it. You'll get it. Um, so imagine if we could use our faith, uh, the faith that we use for our salvation, to partner with Jesus to stop and reverse the effects of the curse caused by our past sins, mistakes, traumas. Um, God created time. He lives outside of time. He can go to any point in time and redeem and fix anything in your past. And if he does that, then the result would be that today, at least you feel different. At the very, very least, you feel different. But at best... I'd say there's, there's going to be some astronomical repercussions. I mean, have you seen uh, Back to the Future? It's nothing like that. But, but the one part about it is that, you know, when, when you go back in time, you know, and then they change something, then in the present, it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, completely different. Well, it, it's not like that, Okay. But there is something about going in the past, and when, the, when Jesus changes something in your past, it does affect your life in the present today. So in other words, some of you are going to stop the medications and the visits to the psychologists and the counselors and the psychiatrists when you are done redeeming the areas of your past that have caused you to be there today. I mean, that's pretty exciting. God is a good redeemer. That's one of his names, right? He's a redeemer. Jesus said, um, I know you're still like, maybe, I'm not so sure about this. Well, if space, time, matter are in continuum, if they're all connected, you know, you see Jesus actually doing some of this stuff because um, our sins happened in the past, right? And, and, and those things, I mean, uh, they would have an effect on you today. They would, uh, you would, if you weren't, if you were in the Old Testament, you still have to be paying for those things. You still have to be doing sacrifice for those things, right? Um, and so when Jesus comes, you know, there's this man um, that needs healing and his body matter, okay? And Jesus looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. Time. And everybody is confused. Everybody's like, okay, Jesus, you kind of missed it. This guy needs healing in his body. He's not asking for forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus says, what is, what's easier? You know, to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. So what Jesus is saying, one of the things that we learn from that, you know, is that both healing and salvation, forgiveness of sins, 
are all together in the work of the cross. They're, they're the same. It's, one is not harder than the other one. If you can believe for one, you can believe for the other. But what it's also telling us is that Jesus looks at it the same way. I can change time or I can change matter. I can cleanse a leper or I can forgive sins. You know, to forgive sins is, is forgiving something that happened in the past. So is Jesus not, no longer counting those sins of the past against you today? Jesus turned water into wine. Matter. Okay? So if he is the God that has power over matter, he's also the God that has power over time. Are you with me? Okay? So God doesn't look at these things as like, oh, well, that's, that one's way harder. No. It's the same. He created all of it. He created in the beginning time. God created heaven, space, and the earth, matter. All of it. And so he, he has power over all of it. I can hear the wheels turning. Hmm. Hmm. So... The question for you is, will you connect your faith for the smaller things, um, this linear time stuff in your past so that it's not affecting you today? So it doesn't affect your children, so it doesn't affect your life. You know, this is the very, let's just call it level one of craziness, okay? And it gets as crazy as I have a friend um, in a different city. He has this testimony that when he came to Jesus and he gave his life, he, he actually, um, he was sentenced to death row in Arizona. I, actually, I can't remember if it was in Arizona because I don't even know that. But I don't know where he lived before. But he was sentenced to death row, okay? Bad dude, bad criminal, you know. And he received Jesus in his heart. He gave his life to the Lord. He surrendered his life to the Lord. And somehow, he got forgiven, let go off death row, and set free. Okay? There's a lot of details to our story, but that doesn't happen, okay? Because then the next thing would be like, oh, he's off death row, but he's still in prison for life. No, no, no. He was released. He was set free. Here's the crazier thing. He has no record. He has no criminal record whatsoever. It's unexplainable. It makes no sense. They didn't expunge it. They didn't, it was like, it, it, it's almost, and I'm not saying this is what happened, okay, but it's almost like, like when Paul was released from prison, you know, the angel came and the shackles fell off and he just walked out and, and went free. You know, it's very similar to that. Obviously, he didn't, an angel didn't come and, and do that for him, but, but there's no record of his crimes or his past. Or, I mean, you know, if somebody was on death row, even if they, for some miraculous reason, they're re- released, they would be a record of it. He has no record. And so I want to suggest to you that sometimes we have put God in a, in a box, you know, yeah, there's big boxes, you know, there's way bigger boxes, okay? But we still have limited what we believe about God because of our three-dimensional perspective that we live in. 
and we have not had revelation to apply faith to materialize things that could be happening in our life today that are part of the work, the finished work of Jesus, that we could be today enjoying and sharing to other people. And so the Bible tells us that you know the truth, the truth will set you free, right? So we know that to the level of our biblical knowledge and revelation, that's the level that we can apply and connect faith to, but what we don't know, we can't connect faith to, so therefore we cannot experience it in our lives. And so our understanding of God's times and how God times work and how he's outside of time and the things that he can do, how he's not limited, will actually set us up to connect our faith with some of those things. Because the one thing that that, that we have to do is we have to partner with him. We have to come into an agreement with him. We have to say, all right, Jesus, would you come into this place in my past? And would you be there with me? You guys, I've done this. It's incredibly powerful. Because um, you experience things, different things in the now, in the present. And here's the other amazing thing. It's not just for you. So when you start partnering with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, to redeem your past, also the people in your life receive the blessing. I mean, have you ever wanted to change the past? Now, you can't go back to your wedding day and say, no, that's... (laughs) So, just in case you were starting to think, like, nope, no, no, no. There are some rules about this. But God lives outside of time. So imagine a lifestyle where your past has no effect on... A curse that's in your present. I mean, how many of us have wished like, oh man, I wish I did my finances different 10 years ago. You know, I I wish that uh, if I hadn't made that mistake, today I'd be in a way better place. I know you're thinking, is that, is that possible? Is that possible? <laughs> Jesus can, can time travel. He can redeem time. You know? And so I'm, I am daring you to, to put your faith out there that, that God can do above and beyond what you think or imagine. Like more, more than you've ever thought. Like if you were having a hard time believing for healing... You know, when you understand time, like Jesus, you know, the Bible tells us that he, by his stripes, we were healed, right? And he speaks in past tense. So it's something that happened over there that I'm connecting to today. Well, how am I connecting? I'm connecting by faith. I'm believing that what happened then is going to change me today. There's people that have, uh, that have a life today that is still suffering consequences from the curse of addictions, right? You had addictions, maybe it was 10 years ago, but today, like, you have issues because of that. Well, Jesus wants to heal that so that you're no longer under the effects of the curse. 
See, and, and that's mostly uh, when, I'm, when I'm talking about Jesus going back in time and changing things in the past to, to, for today. This is, this is mostly what I'm talking about. When we were in those, when we were in that sin, okay, sin has a curse of its own. God doesn't punish people. God's not punishing people because of their sin. Sin has its own consequence, its own pain, its own sting, okay? And that follows people, you know, and, and still affects them, you know, in their present life. And so those things can be cut off in a way that it's as if I have never had that. As if I had never sinned. That's why Jesus says that when he forgives your sins, he puts them as far as the east is from the west. Like, as if they had never happened. You were purchased by his blood, and that blood redeems you completely. And all you need to do is you need to start applying your faith and believing and inviting Jesus into those places. Say, hey, you know, this happened a long time ago, and I'm still suffering the effects of it today. And you need to connect your faith to that. And so, again, you know, it's not... It's not like you're going to go back in time and buy a lottery ticket and win today. No, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? And I want to be very clear about that because I want you to come back next week, okay? But, um, but imagine that there's no effects from the curse in the past because that curse chases you down and, and it's like you own it. It's your consequence. So therefore, you, you keep it. And so, I'm, uh, you know, King David and Abraham are examples of this. So I want to finish up with uh, a few scriptures here that maybe you'll start seeing different. Psalm 26, 11, David asks, redeem me and be gracious to me. King David had no idea, you know, naturally about what was going to happen. He was speaking prophetically. King David lived under the law. He wasn't under the new covenant of grace. But yet he had a revelation of the Messiah of the work that was coming. And he asked the Lord, redeem me, be gracious to me. Give me grace. <laughs> Psalm 103, 4 says, uh, he is the one who redeems your life from the pit. Check this out. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. It says, I'm reading a new King James. It says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins. So he's bought our life. He's bought our, our past. That's why we can't look at it apart from Jesus. That's why when you feel condemnation about the past, it's never God. It's always the devil. When you feel condemnation about your past, it's never God. It's always the devil because God would never remind you of a past that he purchased and covered by his blood. Okay? Galatians 3.13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay, so under the curse of the law, you know, that curse was chasing you down because of every bad thing you did. But under the new covenant, that has no more power. It says, um, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might, become, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Through our faith. So, would you dare to believe that God is better than you thought? Nah, he can't be that good. He's better than you thought. 
Hebrews, uh, I want to read this. Uh, go with me to Hebrews, let's see, chapter 11. This is pretty amazing. Um, And let me start on verse. Let's start in verse 8. It says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him his. Uh, as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when we reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. Um, then if we go to verse... Let's see. I got lost here for a moment. I want to show you something specific. Give me a second. It says, verse 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Um, and then go, go back. Oh my gosh, I really lost my scripture here. Okay, I'm sorry. Here we go. Verse 10, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Said It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise, and so a whole nation come from the man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people uh, that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Okay, so... It talks about Abraham and Sarah as heroes of faith, right? We know this chapter as the hall of faith. Um, if you've read their stories in the Old Testament, they're not that glorious. How many of you have read that, okay? They're not that glorious. When you read in the Old Testament, you see like he believed, but then his wife tried to fix it, and he had an Ishmael. It doesn't talk about Ishmael there, right? And his, his wife laughed, and she got rebuked for laughing. And, like, it wasn't that glorious. But in the New Testament, in this hall of faith, it talks about her uh, and him like, like they never did those things. They were also redeemed by the work of Jesus. Because again, you know, and, and this is a question that I always had. I'm like, God, but what about the people from the Old Testament? Well, King David experienced the grace of God before there was ever grace. Abraham was counted righteous by his faith. And you go, well, but I mean, he kind of wavered. He, I mean, him, right? Like it doesn't quite make sense. But they were also redeemed and they were counted as faith because they believed God and they partook, I believe they partook of the work of the cross somewhere in time. Yeah. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. And so you look at, you know, you can look at Noah, you can look at the rest of them here, and it's like it's only telling the good stuff. That is how God sees you. That is how he sees you because he's put your sins as far as the east is from the west, so he's, he, he doesn't see the bad stuff. But some of that bad stuff, you're still hanging on to it. Some of that stuff is still affecting you today. Some of those are real scars that you're still suffering of today. And so, you know, in uh, 1 Peter 1.18, it tells us we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Christ redeemed us from the curse, right? So, would you believe that God has the power to go back in time and change things and be with you in times and in places that today are still affecting you. Because if you learn how to do this, then you're not just redeeming the days. You're not just redeeming today. You're not just being a good steward of Kronos today. But you're going back with Jesus to places in your life that you say, if that would have happened different, I would be completely different today. If that would have happened different, you know, today... And it's actually happening. And that's amazing. Because we don't, want, we don't have to live a life with regrets. Sin and death no longer have a sting over us. 